A very good morning, afternoon or evening to you, wherever you might be, and a warm welcome to the second edition of our new show, The Three Misses, abbreviated to The Three M's, the show where we peel back the layers of misunderstanding and misinterpretation that lead to misinformation. My name is Ian Ingalls, and I shall be your host. I am delighted to be joined, as usual, by my two fellow Old China hands, Jerry Gray and Fernando Munoz. Good afternoon, gents. Hi. Each show we hope to keep to this winning format whereby I pick the brains of this illustrious pair and we dissect various topical news stories pertaining to China. Quick reminder to our viewers, we three have all been living here for many decades, collectively about 65 years, and have had many different experiences of life and work in different parts of the country, which is something that many representatives of Western mainstream media cannot claim to have had. Right, without further ado then, let's turn to our discussion. There seems to be a relatively widely held belief that people in China are subject to some kind of social credit system designed to encourage conformity and to punish non-conformity. I have seen this reported as fact in news items uh, in the West, uh, but also mentioned in passing during interviews with politicians or social commentators, using words to the effect that we don't want to go the way that China has gone with its social credit system, do we? As though there was something undesirable or dystopian about that. Now, I've been here for 20 years, and I know you've been here for ages as well. And I, for one, have never noticed said system. I know that my wife and her family are also not held to any such credit score. Now, Jerry, I want to ask, what is the social credit system narrative all about and where does it come from? Okay, first of all, um, I've made this point a few times. Uh, China does not punish people for non-conformity. That kind of is a myth. Uh, in fact, it's, it's completely the opposite. Uh, China has laws like every other country, and it encourages people to stay within those laws, just like every other country. Um, the point is, you know, if they're doing something wrong, people get punished. But what China does is it tries to point out before it punishes you, what you're doing wrong, where you're doing it wrong, why you're doing it wrong. There's almost no crime in China, full stop. That's a fact. Uh, street crime is virtually non-existent. Shoplifting, it doesn't happen. If it does, I've hardly ever seen I've never seen it, in fact. Uh, I can't say I've hardly ever seen it. Um, I have one friend who was burgled 15 years ago, and since then I haven't heard of a single friend, family member who's had a burglary. Um, the only exception to that that's a growing crime in China, and there is one, and that is telephone scamming, and it's mostly done internationally. Most of them are coming from, believe it or not, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Myanmar. These are the three hotspots. There are also the Nigerian things as well, but none of those actually speak Chinese. So if you want to if you want to scam someone in China, you need to speak Chinese. So it's those three locations and they are Chinese criminals. And some of them are Taiwanese criminals. Some of them are Chinese Taiwanese. Some of them are Hong Kong Chinese, but they're Chinese criminals doing it to Chinese people. And there's a lot of issues trying to stop this. But let me put it this way with the social credit system. China doesn't punish our misbehavior, it manages our behavior. Whereas in the West, the authorities there, and I know this for a fact, will profit from our misbehavior. And that's the difference between our two systems. Now, I want to give you, if you don't mind, can you bear with me for a real example, a real life example? 
yesterday. This this literally happened yesterday. My wife's cousin came to our apartment to drop something off. Now we live opposite a school. And while he was waiting outside, he got a message. And it was that message that caused this conversation to happen. So let me go back in time before I tell you about that message. Two years ago, 2022, he stopped his car outside of a McDonald's in his hometown, Dongshan in Zhongshan, and he went in to grab a quick meal. When he got back, he found a parking ticket on the window. And he did what we all do. He got into the car and he went, ah, yeah, nasty words, whatever he said in Cantonese would have been what he said, what we would have said in English. And then he was reading it, looking at where he had to pay, and he got a, he got a message. Now, I'm going to put that message on the screen so anyone who understands Chinese will know what this means. Effectively, this message, which came through to his telephone, literally minutes after receiving a parking ticket, said... You've received a parking ticket, but because you have a good track record and have never committed an offense before, we're going to waive this and treat it as a warning. You do not need to pay. So you can see this message coming through. Uh, anyone who reads Chinese will be able to see that. Anyone who doesn't can put it through a translator. Basically, that's the fundamentals of it. So that the reason that conversation came about was because yesterday, he came to our house and he parked right outside the main gate of our house. Now, Fernando's parked there as well, uh, but Fernando parked there when it wasn't school time. Yesterday was a school day. Fernando was there and he parked there during the school holiday. No issues whatsoever. But during the school day, he parked for literally three minutes and he got a message. And the message says, you are illegally parked. If you don't move you will receive a parking ticket. He went around the block. That was at 1848. He went around the block and he came back because it's quite a large one-way block with a couple of sets of traffic lights. And he came back at 1856. And I said, I was waiting there for him by this time because I'd gone out to wait. And I said to him, if you park across the road, these are legal parking bays at 1900. And it's now 1857. So he spent, believe it or not, he spent two minutes negotiating his way backwards across the road to park. And he parked at 1859. And he got another text message saying, you are illegally parked. If you don't move, you will get a ticket. 1859. And so he reversed it back. And then he came back. And he parked it there and we got whatever he needed at 1900. We got whatever we needed out of the car. And he left us at 10 o'clock last night. He stayed for dinner and uh, we had a drink and a few, uh, I had a drink. He didn't. He stayed for dinner. We chatted about this. And by the time he left us, he still had not received a parking fine. So in other words, the Chinese government are not profiting from our misbehavior. They are managing our good behavior. And that's where the misunderstandings come in. All of this, by the way, was done without any interaction with the person. It was done on his telephone. And that's how it works. So to answer the question, every developed country in the world has a credit score. China has a credit score. You can go to the bank. You can put your card into an ATM. The ATM will spit out your credit. It's an intelligent ATM. It's not the one that gives you the money. They call it a smart ATM. 
And you can do lots of things. I use it myself to, to get my foreign currency transferred into RMB and put into my bank account to use. So I just go in there and I put in my uh, bank card and it'll do that stuff for me. Anyone else can go in there, put in their ID card and it will pump out their credit score, financial credit score, completely free, printed. And you can now take this if you want to go and rent somewhere, borrow money, you can do anything you want to do just with this piece of paper. That is the full extent of the credit score as it applies to individuals. So, so basically, it sounds not too dissimilar from the, the sort of financial credit system that most countries have anyway. So I I don't know whether you've seen this. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago now, a German think tank called Merix uh, did a partial debunk of this social credit system. However, it still managed to approach the topic uh, sort of from a, a bit of a negative perspective. Um, Fernando, I gather that you've seen the report. What did you make of it? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I, I think that the approach that they used was rather interesting, but at the same time, totally wrong. As usual, when the West reports on China, they misunderstand and that leads to them misinforming, which is why we are here, the three M's. So let me explain what I'm trying to say. Although the report does actually say in the introduction that such a score does not exist, it goes on to fearmonger about that. The writers of the report start with the assertion that the social credit core is more, and I quote here, a boogeyman than reality. And that's a good start. But then they go on straight to say that there is a more worrying aspect that is the, and I quote again, more invasive surveillance. This is perhaps one of the world's biggest misunderstandings about China, is where people in the West place their own interpretation on what Chinese people want, what they expect, and in fact, demand from their government. Chinese people, if you ask them, are not bothered at all by this invasive surveillance any more than they're bothered by Xi Jinping getting two cups of tea during the National People's Congress last year. This misunderstanding of Chinese culture is what foreign media and politicians and pundits use to drive fear-mongering, something that Chinese people happily accept and something that people in the West already have, but they do not like it. And let's be real here. Everything that China is doing in terms of surveillance and tracking and whatnot, is something that's already being done in the West. Anyone who doesn't admit to this must be very naive. Even people on, on Facebook, Twitter, and, and these platforms right here, like YouTube, either are being monitored or can very easily be monitored. That is just, it's not a secret. Edward Snowden is in Russia because he described to us how insidious and all-encompassing it is in the United States. It's, it's pretty certain that every single country has the same degree of observation of its people that the USA has. And it even gets worse. If you remember in 2018, Russia put 400 people in prison for activities that they had online. Do you happen to know how many did the UK put in prison for the same offense back in that year? That's 3,300. That should give you an idea of which one is worse. Well, absolutely right. I mean, all these countries, even if they don't necessarily monitor their citizens, you know, on a daily basis, they all have that capability, I think. And I mean, certainly from my experience here, China simply doesn't have that sort of 
omnipotent technology that it uses then to, you know, instill fear or, you know, demand absolute obedience from the population. I mean, this is a picture that's painted by various, you know, elements in the West. And as you mentioned as well, it's sort of using their values and what they would uh, define as good or bad or desirable and undesirable in order to try to explain it, rather than what the Chinese people themselves might accept or not accept. Yeah, so, so that's an excellent point. Jerry, I know you to be an oracle of all information on everything Chinese. What little tidbits do you have for us today? I wish I was, but I have a few did you knows in my head, and I've uh, I've collect I collect these things as a bit of fun. Did you know that religious freedom is absolutely guaranteed in the Constitution of China? That's a fact. Now, a lot of people don't believe this, but it is a fact. And Wikipedia, not something I would usually quote or rely upon, says there are 44 million Christians inside of China. Now, I'm inclined to disbelieve that because I know quite a lot of them, and 44 is a very, very small number. So I know a lot of Christians, and I think it's probably higher. So I went looking a little bit deeper, and I found that there's an American institution that has done a fair bit of research on this, and they believe there are 100 million inside of China, 100 million Christians, not all religions, just Christians, inside of China. Muslims have just as many, probably, but uh, I wasn't looking into Muslims. But inside of China, there are as many Christians as there are in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the UK combined, or pretty close to that. And if you have any doubts about that, just go to Nicholas Burns' Twitter and find his photos when he goes to church every Sunday here in China. <laughs> in Beijing. Um, so, Jerry, could you perhaps describe or expand upon what you see as, uh, you know, the misinformation in or related to mm. the report that we're talking about now? Yes, yeah, certainly. As Fernando just said, it's an interesting approach because what it actually does, it shows a table. And it says the two columns on each table. There's only two columns in the table. We'll bring that up and show it. Uh, so the mm -hmm. two columns. One of the columns is uh, first misperception. There is no score that dictates citizens' place in society. That's not the misperception. That's actually the truth. But the misperception is that there is a score. So they're wording it in a completely negative way. They're wording it as if there's no score. So plainly, that's something very wrong and a very interesting way to approach it. Um, and this is something that I do know about. As a matter of fact, um, there is something that we have in China which helps people who are contributing to society. And I know about this as a fact because I'm, I'm part of it. My wife and I are volunteers uh, from time to time in the local disabled community. Now, we've raised a lot of money through bike rides and things like that and activities that we've held, but we actually go and visit disabled people. We take things to them and, you know, kind of help them out a little bit from time to time. And we've been invited to join this social credit score app, if you wish. Now, what this is, nobody has to join it. And we've elected not to. It makes no difference if we do or we don't to us. So the reason that we don't is because we can gain no benefit from it. But what you can do is if you volunteer inside of society and you do something. So, for example, you may go to your local school and say, can I do anything to help you? And they say, well, we need a volunteer at the pedestrian crossing outside 
every Wednesday and Friday afternoon from three o'clock till six p.m. Okay, I can do that for you. I can do it on Wednesdays, or I can do it on Fridays, or I can do it on both. Now you go out there and you stand with your flag and your whistle, and you stop the cars and you let the kids cross. And this is you doing something good for your community. Now, if you have a four-year-old son or daughter, and you want your four-year-old son and daughter to go to that school, this is how you. Get the points. This is how the points benefit you. Now, the other thing is maybe uh, maybe Lionel Messi is going to come to play a football match in Jongsan. Oh, sorry, is that a bad example? So, if Lionel Messi was going to come to play a football match, it would be sold out in minutes. But people who have points on this system would have access to it pre-selling. So, I might be able to get two tickets. Whereas if I wasn't a volunteer and wasn't in this app, I would have no chance whatsoever of getting tickets for this. So that's a win for the people.、Um, yeah, the, this table, which is it's a think tank table, it goes one step further to say people cannot be penalised for low scores. Oh, hang on a second. If it's a system that is not mandatory, how do you get a low score on it? You know, they don't take points away from you on these systems or any of these. They give you points for your contributions, but if you are not in it, or if you do something wrong, there's nothing to take away. So this is a complete misunderstanding.、Um, I know lots of people who are in it. A, a friend of mine, not friend, somebody I know, actually created this system. She's she's a member of the National People's Congress as well, and she created the system whereby、uh, people in Jongsan could get their. She was a migrant worker from Gansu. People in Jongsan could get their children into a local school. This is how it happened. She volunteered at the local school. She did a few different things. She wrote a handbook on how to do it. And she was invited to sit on the provincial people's congress. When they when they got her idea onto the provincial people's congress, it meant that migrant workers throughout Guangdong were able to get their kids into school if they followed the procedures that she'd laid out. Then they invited her to the people's congress, and she's been two sessions. That means five, two five-year terms. She's just started her second last year when I met her. She was just starting her second five-year term as a representative or delegate to the NPC. So that makes her very special now. But she does all of that for free. So that's another thing. And I would, I would say, it, it's something that you cannot lose points. You can only gain benefit from being on this. And Fernando, you have something to say. Yeah, if I could come in here, Jerry, there's there's something else that I think that needs to be pointed out about this table that we're talking about. After they have said that there's no such thing as a social credit score in the table, it actually says that the social credit system primarily focuses on businesses and marketplace behavior. So, in this case, they contradict themselves, and then they go on to confirm what you just said that individuals are. Primarily concerned because of of debt repayment, which means it really is exactly what we say it means. The social credit score, or, or the wording is important. The social credit system is a system of financial management that every other developed country with a banking system actually has and would adopt if they don't have one yet. That's true. I would say I would say that it goes even further because. 
it confirms what you also said later on. Uh, it's in the table where it says that only violations of law are grounds for punishment. So once again, and you're right, it actually says that you cannot be penalized or blacklisted for, for example, playing too many games or, or for occasionally jaywalking or having untrusty uh, untrustworthy friends. But there's something else that needs to be added. There had been new regulations that furthered the restriction uh, to the scope for the inclusion of individual behavior. That's something that we see, for example, um, in the in the driver's licenses, there uh, in the car licenses during the Chinese New Year, for example, there's always this uh, traffic jams on the highways, and cars used to oh, still do drive on the emergency lane. There used to be an app where just regular citizens could actually take photos or make videos of those license plates that were driving on the emergency lane and submit that to, well, get those people some kind of penalty, right? The penalty that was according to that um, fault, right? Well, that's mm. something that is no longer possible. They, they decided that this could be mm, abused and they stopped doing this altogether. Now, what they have done is they have installed their own cameras and now they themselves take the photos. So they they try to protect the, the individual rights of people, but at the same time, they want to enforce the law. So this is something that I just wanted to share with you guys about this. I was going so, to say I'm willing to bet that when you do drive up that lane, uh, you're going to get a warning first. You're going to get a warning on your phone saying you're driving in the emergency lane same as my, my wife's cousin did the other day, yesterday. You're going to get a warning for this. Get out of the emergency lane. And if you don't, ping. And then you'll probably get pinged again and pinged again. And each time you cross a camera, you're going to get a, another offense. So the idea yeah. is to manage your behavior, not to, not to uh, profit from it. I yeah, think well, that there's there's value in in publishing certain things. Like sometimes when you're driving on the highway, you see a license plate saying like, oh, this license plate is a speeding, right? Mm -hmm. Or sometimes when people uh, forget their exit on the highway and they reverse to actually get on the on the exit and they've caused some accidents, this is heavily publicized in social media here in China because there is a learning effect. There's something that everybody can learn from these very irresponsible actions. So I don't disagree with what they do in terms of publicizing the things that people are doing incorrectly so that we can all learn and prevent accidents and deaths and things like that. I guess the question is, would you prefer to be named and shamed or would you prefer to pay 200 RMB fine? Well, it, but, but it was interesting also what you said that you don't necessarily need an app anyway to be recognized for your social contributions you know like um you were saying having you volunteered in the school and um you know good things happened to you i mean it happened to me as well i did voluntary work you know in the neighborhood i was recognized for that my daughter then got into the school that she wanted to get into i mean that's a real story as well but that's and you weren't even in the app <laughs> yeah and, and there's nothing centralized or systematized it was just the discretion of the head teacher because i'd done something good you know sort of one mm. one turn one good turn deserves another that sort of thing so that that was yeah. that was nice i really enjoyed that um but so anyway just um just then you mentioned uh, a very interesting word fernando blacklist uh so jerry is it possible to be blacklisted in china because this is something that we hear quite a lot about um yes 
Yes, it is possible to be blacklisted, uh, but a blacklist is not what the Western media portray it to be. A blacklist is part of a system of when you've broken the law and you are getting punished. And there are, there are several aspects to this. Remember, I used to be a police officer. If I arrested someone, then what we do is we would charge them and release them usually, unless it's a serious crime. We charge them and release them and they go to court, but they have to turn up at court. Now, how do we guarantee they turn up at court? And we have a system in the West which we call bail. So we give people bail. They go, they come through the court system and they get, or the police system, and they get bailed to appear in the court system. That's how that works. Now, sometimes when it's a serious offense, we keep them in custody. But in China, they don't have this kind of system. So where you are involved in a legal matter for debt repayment, uh, you can be what they call blacklisted. But what it means, it's not really blacklisted. It's only for serious crime uh, or serious debt, I should say. We're talking about debt here, not crime. It's for very serious debt. Now, if it's a very serious crime, you go inside until they have investigated. Uh, you don't get things like the Fifth Amendment in China. You don't get these um, adversarial court cases where people get off on technicalities. If you did something wrong, you did something wrong. It's as simple as that. I can't say, well, I'm not going to tell you I did it wrong because that would incriminate myself. <laughs> they, they don't beat a confession out of you. They know you've done it wrong. They present the evidence and the judge makes a decision on the basis of that evidence. And there's no such thing as I, I plead the Fifth Amendment. Now, if you're in that process before you go to a court, then what happens? You may leave the town. You may leave the city. You may leave the country. Uh, you may uh, smuggle yourself across the border into the United States because you're being released from a crime. And I'm sure that's happening now. So what happens there? The reality is you're getting punished and you are prevented from traveling while you await that punishment. So you can't check into a hotel. You can't use your WeChat wallet to get a train ticket. You can't get a bus ticket because you show your ID when you want. I mean, you can get a bus ticket in, in your own city. Uh, so you're just jumping on a bus, beep, beep, with your, um, you wave your phone in front of it. So when you're traveling from one city to another, intercity transportation is, is banned. And then so is hotel accommodation. So are air flights. And the reason is you have an outstanding legal matter and the moment that legal matter is resolved, so is your blacklist. So if you owe the country or you owe a company money and you are a company representative, bear in mind this is mostly companies, not individuals. And they say, oh, it's affected this individual. Well, that individual may be the legal representative of that corporate entity. So that's how it affects individuals. So that the head of a company that's going into liquidation that owes loads of money to some people or some person or some government department is blacklisted. But it's a, it's a simple case of they stay at home. They can't do anything. They can use cash. They can go to their bank and get cash so they can do their shopping, but they cannot use electronic funds. They can't use they can use an ATM, but they cannot use electronic funds and they can't travel outside of the city, stay in a hotel in another place. They can't leave the country. Their passport may be forfeit as well. And this has happened to foreigners as well as to uh, to Chinese people. And they say, well, you, they're keeping this foreigner in China. Yeah, of course they are. This foreigner owes a quarter of a million dollars. Of course, they're going to keep him in China until this is resolved. That's how it works.
so yeah, you you can get blacklisted, but it's really it's more like how we would describe going on bail. Sorry, Fernando, go on. I, as a person who owns business, wish we had had this particular system back in the day when I was cheated of almost half a million RMB. That foreigner just got on a plane, left the country, and it would have been prevented had this been in place back in the day. Mm. Um. But but it does it does seem from what you you both just said that China is a country based on the rule of law though isn't it I mean it's just following its own laws which is uh, pretty standard isn't it I don't think there's anything that can be necessarily complained about there is there um, no yeah sorry I was just on to another question then um, so I believe that it, even the world famous Massachusetts Institute of Technology has offered its uh, tuppence worth on this subject um, Jerry what's the situation with that. You're absolutely correct there, Ian. They did produce a report and they admit freely. Now, I've link, I'll link the report so it, it'll be in the description. They admit clearly there is no social credit score. The score is designed to build trust in communities. And they are a little bit devoid of details on this. And the reason they're devoid of details is because there are none. There, I mean, basically, the system doesn't exist. So they say when the system doesn't exist and they don't have the details, they say, well, this is Beijing being vague, Beijing's lack of transparency. And they use the word patchy and vague to describe that they can't find evidence. So therefore, China must be hiding it. There's how we get these misunderstandings. China's not hiding any evidence. What happens every single year? Now, this report about the society's social credit score that they produced back in 2014, and we're going to link that as well, is, is the complete opposite of what they're saying. They actually transparently described what they planned to do between 2015 and 2020. They were going to implement this system whereby they could manage communities, they could manage businesses, they could manage corporations, they could manage the managers, and they could manage the uh, the government bodies that manage them. So it's not about individual management at all. It's about communal management. And individuals do get caught up in this. If, if I'm the CEO of a company, I'm still an individual, so I may get caught up. But the CEO of the company is the representative of the company that they're managing, not the CEO. So that's that's the thing. Um, there was a, a, a Junjing, I think it's called, Junxing. They say some scholars have translated to credit reporting. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure how to translate that. I'm not an expert. I'm not as fluent as, as you guys are. Um, but it's misinterpreted as some sort of social credit. And we're being misinformed by the world's leading academic institutions. Now, if I was able to sit down with someone in MIT and say, what evidence do you have to suggest that this is true? The answer would be, the lack of evidence tells us that this is true. And that's how it's being manipulated. And we are being sent information that really, really doesn't exist. So that's how it is. The information just simply doesn't exist. Well, well, that's always the way with China, isn't it? It's always guilty until proven innocent. I mean, that's basically the default, isn't it? Um, yes. And if they can't find anything, can't, no dirt they can dig up, well, well, they must be there somewhere. They're hiding it. They're very good at hiding it. And actually, you mentioned the Zhengxin, the Zhengxin, Baogao. I mean, that obviously is a, a credit report um, for individuals as well. I mean, I, I went to the bank and I put my card in and I, 
you know, printed out my own Jungsin Balga, which is my own credit report, just financial credit reporting. So, you know, they have those mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, so, Fernando, any final words from you? And if I may venture one question, I mean, let's see whether you want to answer it or not. Do you foresee any sort of social credit system ever coming into effect in China? I mean, either in any sort of, um, what's the word, sort of benign form or in any sort of dystopian fashion? I mean, aside from the normal financial credit score that most countries have. Well, I, I do think that there's, there's one more thing that needs to be considered, and that is the, the use of AI in credit score ratings. China has signed onto the UN resolution and is working also with global partners, uh, including the US and the UK uh, on this particular matter. Um, it's a little hard to talk about lack of transparency when China is actually stepping up in the UN to lead the world and has pledged not only in the UN, but in its own draft laws, not to use AI to collect social data from citizens. It is also part of the, I might be just butchering this pronunciation, it's called the Bletchy Declaration, I think, where uh, with Gina Raimondo Bletchy, right? And uh, China's Wu Taohui signed onto this declaration to prevent the misuse of AI by governments. We don't see much of this reported in Western media, but this was a very, very rare uh, occasion of seeing global unity where the British PM brought together tech leaders and trade ministers to actually agree that AI and social credit scoring do not go hand in hand. So it's now up to those others to ensure that they are also going to stick to the rules. It's most likely that China will. Did you know that there is no law written anywhere in China that says VPNs are illegal. In fact, VPNs are not even mentioned in the entire Chinese criminal code. Now you know. And we will link the Chinese criminal code, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Great. Put it in the description. Go look for yourself. So thank you very much both for your time, for your insights and for your sound analysis. It's been eye-opening and highly informative as ever talking to you. And thank you at home very much for watching as well. Feel free to comment, to press the like button, to share and above all, to subscribe to our channel. See you next time for more China Insights on the three M's.